1: i Alive glad Alive
2: Good evening and welcome to and Live. This is the Big Match Preview coming to you live from the Valley. My name is Louis Mendez and joining me here in the studio in SE7 as we get ready to gear up for Saturday's massive home game uh, with Luton Town. Over on my right-hand side is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom?
3: Yeah, I'm good, thank you.
2: you. You strike me as someone who's turned up on time. Yeah. <laughs> As always, yeah. Well, it's seven o'clock. We always go out live on seven. Yep. We, ne- we never, we never miss it. Ne- never want to be late in trouble joke. as well. But yeah, but no. you, st- you still, you still made it. Excellent, here. right? Um, also joining me here is oh no, he's not here. Nathan Muller has failed to turn up on time. Uh, he says he, ra- he says he's around the corner. Yeah, now last time he failed to turn up on time and then came in about three minutes late he swore as well so hopefully he's not going to do that again on this evening show but that's something to look forward to finding out yep. as we go on fingers so, crossed uh, on tonight's show once Nathan gets here uh, we will look ahead to the uh, the game with uh, Luton Town a massive six pointer here uh, at the Valley on Saturday uh, we're going to hear from Lee Boger of course he talks a bit about how he wants to see his side bouncing back from that defeat against Blackburn Rovers here at the Valley uh, last week um, talks about the injury situation within the squad talks about a new contract for the goalkeeper coach uh, Andy Marshall which is uh, hopefully going to be sorted uh, in the next few days or weeks um, also we're going to read out some tweets and emails that have come in we're going to hear from uh, a Lewin Town commentator called Simon let us know a little bit more uh, about the Hatters in time for the weekend uh, here he is and also we're going to hear from Rob Harris uh, from the proud Valiants with Saturday's game being dedicated as the football versus homophobia game right Nathan what hey, absolute Lewis. what an absolute <laughs> pleasure it is to see you here where, where have you been
4: uh get, I'm not, get, I'm not gonna get no, yeah, to say Bye, we there.
2: get up to the mic Hello, but hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no,
4: yeah, um, there seems to be some train issues yeah, um, this okay. morning on the South Eastern Network. Yeah, so um, oh, there you I'm go. I'm glad I'm here now. See you, yeah. beautiful boys.
2: <laughs> Excellent stuff. Right, well, how have you been there? you had a good week? It's bloody cold out there, isn't it? Yeah.
3: Oh, but yeah, no, it's yeah. A good. It yeah. a swear again.
4: Yeah, <laughs> a- <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm looking forward to Saturday. we Have you all done that bit yet yeah? or, yeah. or not? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we need
3: your preview, <laughs> and then we're off.
2: Right, well, right. now Nathan's here, we can really get the show going. Uh, let's start off, then, uh, by hearing a bit from uh, today's Press Day. Lee Bayer uh, was in speaking to Tony Hart from uh, BBC Radio Kent. The first thing he was asked uh, was how he would what he would like to see happen differently uh, to the game that Charlton lost against Blackburn uh, on
5: Saturday. Um, take the chances. I think... Um when you create chances in the, in this division if if you don't take them you lose games. Uh, that was the difference between the two teams last week. Uh watching the game back. There wasn't much in it. Um, they got the deflection with the first one, but he got his shot off too easy. And the second one uh one of the defenders got blocked and, and they got a free shot of goal from a set piece, so uh but after that, I thought we was the better side up until then, until they got the first goal. We had chances, didn't take them and then then we got punished. So uh, we created chances second half as well. We huffed and puffed, created a few chances and again didn't take them. So uh, that's what we need to improve on. You've had a chance
6: to look at the video of the performance and you suggested that maybe it wasn't as bad as was first thought.
5: Yeah, because after, whenever you lose a game, you, you're not in a good place, You it hurts. But when you come away from it and, and you watch it back, there was a lot of positives that came from it for me. Um, like I said, I think the first 20 minutes or so, we was, was a lot better than them. So, um, we just didn't get that goal which we normally do so um, yeah obviously the goals were disappointing uh, the free the kick that they got for the second goal was never a foul so you, you need things like that to go your way as well but overall was I disappointed of course because we, we didn't get anything from the game but there was some some good stuff that, that happened as well we, we, we moved the ball well at times um, so yeah, we've just got to polish up, polish up on, on when we do create then chances, we take them, which we normally do, you know. Um, our goals from chances created is is very good, so yeah, we've just got to make sure that that's done up in the weekend.
6: Since Saturday and looking back on the performance, uh, have you put your finger on the problem? What the problem
5: from Saturday? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just told you we didn't we didn't, we didn't take our chances. That, that's what the problem is. So, and like I said, normally when we get chances, we're we're good in front of goal. So, uh, yeah, that's the problem. And, and hopefully, we don't we don't come across that again this weekend. You changed before,
6: uh, formation the
5: second half against
6: Blackburn, and it brought about an improvement. Could you start with that on Saturday?
5: What the same formation? Well, you want me to tell you how we're going to play? Um, I can, but try. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to give that sort of information out. But there was an improvement. Um, but like I said, the first 20 minutes, we was very good. So sometimes people overlook at things and, and, and think that it's, it's formations. If you do the right thing, no matter what formation you play, it's, uh, if you make the right decisions, then, then that's what counts and that's what makes you play well. So I, the reason why I changed it is because I thought, "Well, okay, we we need to go for it a bit more." And um, yes, it worked, but it didn't work enough because we didn't we didn't get anything from the game. So I was happy with with the positive second half, but still we didn't get nothing from it. So,
2: mm, so there we go, Lebo. Uh, looking back at last Saturday, really, and discussing what he wants to see happen differently. Uh, on numerous occasions, uh, finding out what he thought the problem was. Um, I mean, clearly, I mean, I, I felt like I was in a bit of a minority on Sunday show, actually, saying that I didn't think we were awful last weekend. Um, and Bo, yeah, I think having calmed down after the, you know, because he was pretty upset after the, after the result, when you look back and look back at the game, I mean, we were, we had chances, not as many as perhaps we, we did hope, but there were some good spells from that. So try and build on that. Try and, you know, make sure you turn those chances into goals and, and that will give you a, a good footing for... I mean, it's a massive game coming up on Saturday. So you've got to try and take positives from last week into this week. And, and also, of course, look at where you can improve as well.
3: Definitely. I said it on Sunday's show that it was a million miles away from the performance at Stoke a week earlier. Um, I think we were beaten by the better side and, and Boyer admitted that. But I don't think we played too badly at all. We started the game really well, as Matthews also said after the game. And then... They took advantage of a sloppy half hour, really, and got two, you know, not brilliant goals, but goals irrespective. Uh, and then second half, I thought we, we grew into the game. We just, I think Boyer even said it, we kind of huffed and puffed, but just couldn't really get the ball into the net. And yeah, I think we've we've played worse than that plenty of times this season. Um, and so there are plenty of positives to take. And it's a question I'd quite like to, I don't know if someone's asked Bo before, but obviously when you have a bad defeat, Do you just kind of write it off and say, leave that? Or do you try and find out what the bad things were and study them? But in the Blackburn game, obviously, where we've actually played quite well, it's about focusing on the positives from that game and seeing what we can do better. And as you say, answered it two or three times there. The the only real problem was not taking our chances. And there's been the article doing the rounds the last couple of days about the fact that actually, in terms of how clinical we are, we're up there. Um, We don't create a huge amount, but those that we do, we, we tend to stick them away. So... You, know, you just put Saturday down as a bit of a blip. I don't think we've won back-to-back games since last August, have we? So to think we were going to do that, you know, it's just the way that this season's been going. Um, and coming into Luton is obviously a game we need to win, another team that's down there. And I know they're on a bit of a good run at the moment. But as I said last week, I think Bowie will be targeting three points on Saturday for sure.
2: Mm, yeah, Luton obviously uh, sitting within the relegation zone. Um, come into the valley on on, on Saturday. I mean, if if you look, they're on thirty points. We're on thirty six. They're, they're only six points behind us. I mean, this is a six point a six pointer. If if ever there is one, you know, they they win, we we could be within three points of the of the relegation zone all of a sudden. Maybe even less if we can get a result as well. Um If we win, we we could potentially be well up to eight points clear of Wigan in in twenty seconds. So I mean, this is a massive massive game.
4: Yeah, it's a it's a huge game. um I think the important thing is not to lose it. Um, I know most games are, obviously. But I think as long as we, you know, Leafs keep the distance with um, Luton. But I'm looking at the next four, if we could get two, maybe three. You know, if we've got Luton at home, Borough at home, Wednesday away, and um, who's the other one? I miss, And Huddersfield away. I mean, you look at those, if you get two or three wins out of that, you're more or less done. Um, but I mean, going, you know, on Saturday, yeah, I mean, I was really disappointed Saturday, you know. I just think it was a disappointing day. The weather was rubbish, and I just think when you reflect on it, I think you know Blackburn are on a decent side. You know they're chasing the top six, so but yeah, it's going to be a big game on Saturday. Um, but this time, at this stage of the season, most games are, especially when you're in a relegation fight. Um, but I'm still confident because I still think we still got to play a lot of the teams around us. We've played a lot of the top six, more or less twice. I think apart from a couple of them. Um, and yeah, I think these next four are going to be pivotal for us, but I think as long as we don't lose the game on Saturday and just keep that distance with Luton, the pressure is on the other side. So we can only do what we can do and beat what's in front of us. And I think if we play our game, you know, I think we will beat Luton. It's just to making sure that we we have that team that turns up, you know, mm-hmm. the game against the Forest, you know, not give away sloppy goals. I mean, the first goal for me on Saturday was disappointing because I don't think McGeady, I think McGeady should have pressed a little bit more. I think it was too easy. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a big game, but mostly these next four are a big four games for mm. me. Yeah,
2: I mean, Nathan's saying that obviously, I mean, Luton haven't had a great season, but they have won three of their last five. They've won their last two and kept their first two clean sheets in a long, long time in those two games as well. And we'll get a bit more from, from Simon, the Luton commentator, later on in the show, but... It, Considering maybe even three weeks ago, I had written Luton well off. I thought they've got absolutely no chance to. They, they, they've obviously start. They've obviously found some sort of catalyst inside themselves, and and now they're going to be coming here with a little bit of confidence behind them.
3: Yeah, definitely. And it's that sort of a league, isn't it? I don't think you can write anybody off. Um, All
2: right, I just wanted to. I thought they were screwed.
3: <laughs> I think the the way I would look at it is that there isn't much or many teams in this division that you would really say have a decent run of form at any point. It just seems like it's that sort of a season uh, this league pretty much is every year where literally anyone could beat anyone. So I think the fact they're in a good run of form and we're not doesn't really make too much difference. I think, as uh, Nave said, I think the problem certainly at Stoke and a little bit at Blackburn was we didn't really play our game. I think if we can and we can start to play the football that we're kind of known for what we're used to seeing down here, then I don't think we'll have any problem at all. It's about whether we can do that. I mm. think if you look at all the performances down here that we've had, the good results, the derbies, the Stoke at home, um, plenty of others in that list as well, I think it's where we've played our football. Um, and if we can do that, then mm. then as you've both said, I, I think those those points are there. Um, but if we're nervous, if we're a bit edgy, if the, depending on what the conditions are like and if... Luton come here with that confidence and start the game quickly then I think maybe it's going to be one of those tough struggles and and a bit of a battle so um, Mm -hmm. yeah I think the the first 10 minutes of that game is going to be crucial to see which way that swings.
2: Yeah I mean obviously he wasn't getting drawn into discussing tactics Mm -hmm. in that that little clip there because he he doesn't want to show his hand too early but I mean, we we've seen you know three at the back with with the wing backs at uh, at home and away recently. You know, a diamonds when 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 the personnel was there, and we're going to hear the the a bit of team news uh, you know about injuries to Johnny Williams and Darren Prattley in a second. But it, it'd be interesting to see how Bayer tries to attack this game against the Luton team that up until the last two two games have conceded an unbelievable amount of goals uh, this season when you when you compare it to. To everyone else in the division, they they have they've conceded the most by a, a country mile. So, mm. you'd expect he, he'll be going to try and get on the front foot as as early as as possible. If you look at Luton, Luton have conceded sixty six goals this season, Barnsley are the nearest to that, and QPR with fifty eight. Both uh, we've only conceded forty seven, and we, we're moaning a bit about <laughs> the defence. If we're <laughs> going to put that into perspective, so Luton have conceded sixty six. So you have to hope, despite the clean sheets in the last two games, they're there to be got
4: out of the bag. Yeah, of course. And I think we've got the players to cause them a lot of damage, But like you say, in terms of formation, even though we'll see Tony Hud can get out of um, both, surprisingly. Um, I just think it's going to be key, really, especially if Luton try and push their full on, which they do tend to do, whether we do go with a diamond and, and sort of match them up, um, or if we play with the wing-backs and try and force their full a bit further back, but um I mean with with even with Johnny out, the likes of Lyle, Andre Green, you know, and even players like, you know, this Erhan and McGeady, we've got players that can hurt teams and it's just trying to make it click. Um so it'll be interesting if Harry does does play it. Um but yeah, I think yes, and I know they're on a bit a good run of form and they've kept two clean sheets, but you know, it doesn't disregard the whole of the season just of the last two games. They have got a leaky defence. Um and we just need to be on our game, play our, play our game like we can at home. Um, you know, similar to the game last year. It was a big game last year against them and, you know, um, we got at them and they're, they're there to get at. So, I just think, play our game, relax and like Tom said, as long as we're not nervous and, the, you know, you know the fans don't get nervous because we've got a lot of games. We've got some big games coming up, like I said earlier. Um I think we'll be fine. I mean, and let's not forget like the likes of Huddersfield and Luton. If you're beating them, not only are you gaining three points, you're obviously stopping them. So they're not going to gain any ground in So that's mm-hmm. why I think these next four are so big. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've got a leaky defence for sure. And I just think we've got, on our day... We we can we can easily score a couple hopefully. Yeah.
2: Well, interesting tweets just come in actually from Martin it says not sure what positives that Tom got uh, from the Blackburn game uh, they dominated the midfield. They limited us to half chances as well. Bayer constant tinkering with the midfield, especially after the good win at Forest, can't help uh, with consistency uh, in the performance. I mean, obviously, I mean even it's, it's not just Tom or myself because <laughs> I said it as well, but Lee Bayer said it as well in his press day. He felt there were positives from that game. I thought we created. A Know, chances in the early stages we put Blackburn under a bit of pressure in the second half without really creating too many clear-cut opportunities but there were times when I thought we moved the ball forward quite well and then it broke down at the edge of the area and um, Tom do you want to do you answer that since you're, <laughs> you're mentioned?
3: Yeah uh, pretty much exactly what you said I thought we, look, we weren't bowled over by a team and Nave said it earlier Blackburn are a good side um, so it wasn't going to be an easy game by any stretch the conditions were awful I know it's the same for both teams but they don't suit our style of play. But you're right, I thought we got the ball down quite well, moved it around quite well despite those conditions. And I think people like, uh, I thought Nabby had an all right game. I thought a um, couple of the midfielders had a good game. I thought Bond coming on was, was a positive as well. As you say, in that second half, you know one of those two free kicks goes in. Uh, Cullen had that drive from the edge of the box. You know we had header early on. Yeah. yeah, we we had chances. We had the Taylor header at the end of the first Chris, half as Chris, well.
2: Christian Walton, the goalkeeper, made team of the week.
3: Yeah, exactly. So I think you know all of that. It, it wasn't like the Stoke game, which is what I was comparing it to from a week before, where we'd created one chance and scored it, had one good minute, and apart from that, we're thoroughly outplayed and could have lost by four mm. or five. So. Yeah, that was my thinking. I'm not suggesting, you know, we Barcelona or anything like that. But in terms of the defeats we've had this season, it was one of the ones where I felt actually there was there were some things that we could take into training this week. Yeah,
2: I mean, the the other thing that Martin mentioned there in his tweet, Nath, about the constant tinkering with the with the midfield was was what Martin said. I mean, obviously, you know, the number ten role in particular is one that gets swapped around a bit. We saw McGeady making his. Uh, uh, his full debut against Blackburn Rovers uh, obviously we know now because Williams is out in Ostuma, he doesn't seem to play two games in a row Aaron Os which is uh, uh, you know, interesting I mean I'd like to see a bit more from, from Aaron if I'm being honest
4: yeah I agree I think Aussie um, I think a team uh, against Luton I think it's a game that unlike Forest it's a team that you can come in and thrive Um aaron 's not going to be um, really influential in uh, teams that are really big and really physical Um Nothing against Erhan obviously. It's just it's not his sort of game. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can understand it. it. might be a bit frustrating, but sometimes you've got to play the game. Um, you have to play it every week, mate. And the, yeah, as say. soon as I said that, I thought, <laughs> what an up to. But um, I mean, in terms of tactically, I mean, there's no point shoving Erhan in. That's not going to suit him, you know. If he's going to have some six foot six absolute beast mark, and as a DM, he's not really going to win unless he tries and comes deeper. And he's better in that in that little um, in that little hole. So um, yeah, it, it, it's not ideal. Um, but it, listen, it's football, and you've got to try and change it up again. And obviously, we had the injuries to Pratts and Johnny, and you know that sort of stuff. But we just need to give minutes to McGeady. I did think he didn't look very sharp, I must admit. Um, but yeah, it'll it will come. It's just we just need to uh, play our game.
2: Yeah. Well, you mentioned the injuries there to Johnny Williams uh, and Darren Prattley, and Lee Bayer was asked specifically about those two players in press day today, uh, and this is what the addicts boss had to
5: say. Uh, no, them two are still out um, Johnny Williams is going to be in a couple of weeks it's better than what we first thought and again it, these things like you can't control it John, like McCordy Bond falling on top of Johnny Williams in training and he and twists his ankle it's just, just a freak thing it's just that, they're the things that happen and unfortunately for us it's happened a lot this season so uh, Johnny's going to be in a couple of weeks Um and Prattley, he's just not there at the moment. He, he's had to have an injection, so where I've been for him for next week. Anyone else at all? No, no. Still the same few people that was there before that. So,
6: yeah. So as I said before, a bit of a wealth of riches. Um,
5: I wouldn't say that because what we got five or six out. I think so it's, Which is normal, I think. It's a lot better than where we've been in the past, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the, the, the side that, that's going to go out there the weekend, I'm happy with them, I trust them. The bench is strong, so uh, yeah, I'm happy with the, everyone that's fit at the moment.
6: Another big crowd expected at the Valley on Saturday. Is there a feeling among the players that they've got to make amends?
5: No, because they tried. Uh, it's not like you can you can never criticise them for not trying you know sometimes things don't go your way in football and and you can we could have been out there still now and we probably wouldn't have scored the weekend it was just one of them games for us Um, but they they worked hard and and they gave everything so there's nothing that they have to put right on that front like I said at times we we moved the ball well and, and especially the first 20 minutes I thought we we carved them open, and, and I'm standing there thinking, okay, this is, this is going to be our day today. Goals change games, uh, and it'll be the same on the weekend. First goal is going to be important.
2: Yeah, it's a bit more there from Lee Bow, you're obviously talking about Saturday. First goal uh, is, is going to be important, but I mean, injury situation no Johnny, no Darren. Uh, I don't think mentioning that bit, but also Samfield now ruled out for the rest of the season with his knee injury that we. Uh, we were discussing on Sunday. So, I mean, Darren's a big a big loss. You know, we know what he brings to the team. Johnny is a huge loss because, again, he's probably the player that can drive us forward in possession of the ball more, more than any other, although Aaron, Aaron's got a different, a different mm. way of doing stuff and can be very creative on the ball. Um, but, you know, with the injury crisis having eased off and the tide's gone out, it's just started to come back in a little bit again.
3: And it's coming back in that same part of the field, that we had issues in before I think that midfield the games that we've lost a lot of times when we've come in here and dissected the game after we've said the problem has been that lack of cover in midfield and the lack of attacking threat in midfield um, because that's why we've conceded goals and that's why we haven't been able to get forward and you look at Johnny Williams and Darren Prattley; they're probably the two main people for doing either of those jobs if Darren Prattley's not there, sure, Cullen can do a little bit of it. But Sam Field would have been the immediate one to come in as well. And obviously he's not there. I'm so. guessing David
2: Davis is probably going to have to fill those boots <laughs> You'd now. imagine
3: so. So if you're playing the diamond, I'd probably put him at the base and then Cullen alongside someone in the middle. And then uh, I'd like to see O'Han play at the tip of the diamond again. But whether he does, whether he braves someone like Matt Smith from the start, I know he hasn't had many minutes so far. But what I have seen, he looks a little bit light or at least just lacking in matches mm. so it's that midfield again and it's yeah it's the back to the selection headache that Boya doesn't want where he's scrabbling around for players
2: and that's what leads me to to wonder if we he will be tempted therefore to go for the three at the back yeah. with the wing backs and then have so obviously you're free at the back I was having this conversation actually with, with someone yesterday um your wing backs I mean he was actually he was pushing for Purrington over Doughty whereas I was going the, the other way with that one obviously Matthew's right and then I said the midfield free. Therefore, would be Davis and Cullen sitting with yeah. Aussie behind mm-hmm. Green and Taylor if they could play. So, I mean, that's the way. I mean, obviously, then you'll have people saying, "Oh, bloody free the back again at home." Mm. But I Hands mean, it's yeah, it's kind of a needs must at the moment in terms of the bodies that are available to him, Dave.
4: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you don't, <clears throat> and you know, I mean, if you look, if you try and play the diamond, who are you are going to play in there? You are going to mm. put Deji at the base and put Davis as a box to box. It's not going to happen, is it? Um, you could play an Alfie in there, but then you're playing Alfie really narrow, and that's not again that's not your strength. So, I think when you if you go for three at the back, I know it's not ideal, but if you've got the width in terms of Matthews and Doughty, then I think you're going to be okay. I think with Puritan, he's more for me a more of a an away sort of fixture. Give it like solid. He's not going to off you too much going forward.
2: Well, say so if, if we're tuning up going into the last twenty minutes, oh, I'll yeah. bring
4: him on. But but well, that's not just like he did at Forest. I yeah. think it's a great move what he had done there to mm. be fair at Forest and. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like Tom said, and hands are tired. I mean, you can only, you know, there's, there's no point just, you know, putting square pegs in round holes just to fit a formation in. You've got to see what players you've got at your disposal and, and try and pick your best way of playing around that. And I think for Saturday it will have to be that three at the back. I know sometimes you lack a body in midfield, um, especially if you do play the diamond, because what will seem to happen is you'll probably have their DM who will get a lot of the ball. Mm. Um but I think you've got your. We can create the overload on the white on on the sides, especially if Green and Taylor go on the channel. So we've got loads of opportunity. It just needs we need to play to our strengths.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, one question mark will be over who plays alongside Lyle Taylor. I mentioned Andre Green. That's only in my mind. I imagine he'll be the fittest to start out of him and Macaulay Bond. Uh, also offer a bit more pace, perhaps, uh, up top. But, I mean, if Bond's ready, you'd imagine... I mean, you certainly imagine at least one of them will come in for Tomahemmett.
3: Yeah, I think it'll probably be Green as well. I think then him and Bond, it'll be fighting them out and seeing, you know, who, when they start, scores goals. I think Bond, obviously, was on a great run prior to his injury and Green as well had got two in three or two and four, hadn't he? So he he wasn't doing too bad either, although, obviously, over a much more limited period of time. So I think they're both... The, the style of play suits what Lyle does a lot better than than uh, Tommar does. Um, so I think it will be one of them. And then you've still got the other one to bring off the bench. Uh, and for me, with the running coming up, I think we need Bon to be fully fit and probably get through to the end of the season now without an injury. So if he's even only 80%, I'd be keeping him on the bench for now and, and probably going with Andre Green. But mm-hmm. it's just good to have those options at least.
2: Yeah, and and there's, there's the likes of... Um, you know When ike was on the bench, wasn't he? Up, oh, at, yeah. uh, up at Forest. I noticed he wasn't on the bench actually against... Uh, uh, against Blackburn. So I don't know if I missed that there or if he, uh, if, if something's come up there. But, I mean, the, with, with bodies coming back, I mean, that does give you more options, which is, you know, more important than... You know, we're definitely in a better place than we were previously. And that, that also gives you a bit more confidence, despite the fact we got beat and it was a bit disappointing last time out, even though there were positives, as, as we say. You know, we're, we're, we're on a little run now where what well, we've won two of the last, you know, four... We lost the other two in, in disappointing fashion. But it shows, you know, you know it, it took us a long time to win two games before that. So mm. it, it shows that we hopefully seem to be going in the right direction. Though.
4: Yeah, of course it does. And I think with, you know, Chucks, if he's getting fitter and fitter and he's obviously not picked up any injuries, he's obviously doing his training. Um, I do think it's a good option. Um, I agree with Tom. I think I'd play... I think I played Green up there. I just think for the fact if they're going to bomb their fullbacks on, you're going to have a lot of space in behind them and try and pull their centre halves out. So you've got Lyle and Andre Green who don't mind going in the channel. So Green being naturally a wide player anyway, um, I just think it, will, it may sort of tend to push their fullbacks to think twice of going that further forward. But yeah, Chuck's being an option. But I mean, you know, if if he comes in, you've got to have him and Bond on the bench. I don't know who would come. I don't know if Tomo drop out this, the 18 or whatever, but. Um, yeah, it's nice to have nice to have that sort of choice now, and I'd I'd be like to see Chuck. So you know, I've hardly really seen him, you know. And apart from that little sort of cameo, at, what was it, Reading, and uh, maybe the the home game against what was it, Stoke? Stoke, yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be nice to see him. But like you say, we've we've got a few options up there now. But it's just that that bit of that mid midfield really that we're sort of lacking. But you never know, he might spring up a surprise and play Matt Smith. If you don't know.
2: Hmm. Right, uh, just uh, step away from the game. Uh, briefly, there's some obviously been some some good news last week. Just before the the Blackburn game was announced, that Johnny Jackson uh, finally put pen to paper on his new three uh, year uh, contract as uh, Lee Bayer's assistant manager. Of course, Bo's uh, contract was sorted uh, on the day of the Fulham game. It was announced on the day of the, the Fulham game about mo- well three or four weeks ago. Um, so th- that just leaves um, one more now out of the uh, coaching staff whose uh, uh, contract is yet to be signed. Andy Marshall, of course, the uh, the goalkeeper coach and uh, Lee Bay was asked if uh, if uh, Marshall was the next one. Uh, to be sorted out uh, after Bayer himself and Johnny Jackson
5: yeah he's next on the list uh, obviously these things can take time so uh, hopefully Andy's the next one to get his over the line so I'm sure he will but that's, that's up to Andy and, uh, and the club
6: do you expect him to sign a deal in the next few
5: weeks? Uh, yeah I'm hopeful um, I know Andy wants to stay we have a good group here, people that care, and, and we're all winners and we're all doing good jobs. The players on the pitch are improving, the goalkeepers are improving, so uh, yeah, hopefully we can stay together.
6: Trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. power's there, Pearce is there.
1: Bauer with a header! And it's Charlie! Yes! Oh, it's, it's, it. It. oh it's, it. It it's in! Oh, he Oh, Patrick Barr! You absolute German beauty.
2: Woo! Dreamland! Dream Charlie have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it too! Gets it! Come on! What a time it's to good. be here! Here yeah, at Wembley! Oh, my word!
1: Oh, my word!
2: Charlton Live. Welcome back. This is Charlton Live. It's the Big Match Preview coming to you live from the Valley on your Thursday evening or via the podcast afterwards uh, as well, if that's the way you listen to us, which is what most of you do, to be fair, especially on the, the Thursday show. Um, yeah, good to hear that Andy Marshall hopefully will be be sorted in the next few weeks, as Boja said. Now, we have uh, plenty of uh, tweets and emails that have come in uh, over the course of the week. Don't forget later on the show, by the way, we're going to hear from uh, Luton Town commentator Simon, who's going to give us a little bit of knowledge on the Hatters coming up, and also Rob Harris, uh, the chair of the Proud Valiants uh, ahead of uh, Saturday's Football versus Homophobia Day here at the Valley. So plenty going on uh, this weekend. So um, a tweet came in from Rob Waghorn. Evening crew, uh, don't get all the doom and gloom. Some people are more depressed uh, than what they were under Roland. Let's be positive. Talking about, you know, I guess... If you look amongst the supporter base after a defeat, it is going to be a bit like that. And then you, I'm sure if you were reading social media after we beat Barnsley here, after we beat Forest, it probably was a lot a lot happier. That just seems to be the way it sort of fluctuates as football fans. We are we're only as happy as our last result, really, Nathan.
4: Yeah, it is, and I think I mean the difference is I think the start we had. Um, I think some fans may you know may be in the uh, key word here been sort of lured into a sense of full security. I think because. Before the season started, I think the majority of fans would think we'd be in this position or maybe even a little bit lower come this stage of the season. And um, the start we had was, you know, incredible and obviously injuries hit and we sort of slid down the table a little bit, um, drastically actually. Um thought <laughs> 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 I'd get that in there cause I thought one of you would pipe up. but um, Yeah, and I just think, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Rob, I'm not doom and gloom. I still think it's in our hands. Um we've got teams to play around us. I mean, don't get me wrong, if all of our next five games were against the top six, then I'd be maybe a little bit, you know, a bit concerned. But still, we've still got to play you know, Wigan at home, Lewin at home, Borough at home, QPR at home, really. So we've got teams in and around us, and we're not playing a lot of the top teams now. So, yeah, I can understand it, but I think that the start probably may may have played a part in some people being negative, which, you know, it's, it's okay, but... Um, just keep the faith. As who says that every week?
2: Oh, it's Will, Will Bolger. That's yeah, the one. In, yeah, there you go. Faith, yeah, I mean, it's, it's different people approach these sort of things in different ways. Tom, um, I mean, I, I'm probably one for being a bit gloomy after a defeat, but weirdly, I wasn't as bad as a lot of people over uh, over Saturday. But I mean, there there was always going to be a a case of it being a bit after the Lord Mayor show after a takeover was going to happen I remember thinking with with uh, Leighton Orient you know they, they got relegated uh, out of the out of the Football League into the conference but at the same time they actually got rid of their their owner uh, their owner who caused quite a few problems uh, the, the, the yeah. previous Leighton Orient owner but then the next season they really struggled in the National League at one point there was probably a reasonable danger they could have dropped down into National South now things don't change overnight when you've been at a club that have, have had difficulties you know and Sure, we got promoted last season, but we were already in a difficult run by the time that the new ownership came in. So I think people were automatically expecting things to improve straight away. But, you know, we have to be realistic about the situation we're in. You know, we didn't go out and splash the cash in, in January, which which might have made a difference, but that's not what's happened. So we have to remember that we're in a, we've got a pretty similar squad to what we've had for the rest of the season, other than injuries coming back a little bit now.
3: Yeah, and I think since the takeover officially happened at the start of the year, I think things have improved slightly. Uh, a lot of that not necessarily down to ESI, but things like the injuries coming back. But then they have done little bits as well, like you say, tying Jacko and Boya down to longer-term deals. They did get some players in. Now, maybe not enough uh, signings and you know a few loans, but they still did bring players in. I think by then, there was not very much they could do about losing Connor. Um, so that was... You know, probably out of their hands. So yeah, I don't think there's much more really they could have done in the short time that they've been here. Um, I think the feel good factor around the club, largely this season has been here anyway, but I think that's certainly been evident over the past few weeks. You look at the sellout, um, we've done football for a fiver in the past few years and got nowhere near it. So I think that in itself is another achievement, but all it boils down to really is the most important thing is that we win games on the pitch and we stay up this season and We've said it a million times on here that then we'll judge ESI in the summer. But you're right. I think people look. People are naturally going to be worried. I'm. I'm like you. I didn't think Saturday was that bad, and and I'm not worried about us going down at all. I think we're we're good enough to stay up. But people are going to look at it differently, and particularly when you've had the start we had. We've only ever really gone one way in this division all season. You know, we've never kind of gone up and down and up and down. We started very very high, and we've slowly worked our way down the league. So it's been a tough a tough season, but. You know, if we can just pull a few results out over this last couple of weeks, uh, sorry, next few weeks, and just stabilize ourselves, I, I still think we should be fine.
2: Right, mm, well, Rusty says it's a massive game uh, this Saturday. Nothing less than three points—a must-win. Uh, we have to be more attack-minded. Get Green up top with Taylor, uh, McGeady, Ostuma, Cullen, and Davis in the midfield, uh, and then Oshilaja. A must-start with Lockyer, Saar, left back, Matthews on the right. Uh, we can't play uh, Jason Pierce. I mean, there's a few. Uh, a few changes there that, that Rusty would make. Um, I mean, also a larger partner in Lockyer. Saar playing at left back. Um, you know, quite an attack minded midfield, as he says, with with McGeady and Ostuma uh, in there, Cullen and Davis. I don't know if McGeady and Ostuma will be playing out on the wing in, in that formation, but I mean, there's plenty of attacking flair on the pitch there. Could you see that being that working? I mean, there's um, it's, it feels a bit imbalanced, especially I with mean, Saar at left back, which I don't like.
4: Yeah, I mean, for me, I think with. with I mean, in in an ideal world, that attacking midfield is unbelievable, I think. But on the turnover, I think we could be exposed, especially with players of, you know, in that midfield of McGeady and uh, Erhan together. Uh, Saar playing left back, I know he's done it before, but coming against a team who usually do use their full backs, I think. Saar being one-on-one with someone who's quite tricky, I'm not too sure. Um I mean if we're losing 2 0 then by all means I'd use that. <laughs> but um but I know, you know, it's, 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 you know that's his opinion and that's you know that's fine. I mean, I'd love to see an attacking lineup like that because obviously that's you know, that's what he wants. But I just think on the turnover Uh, I think it will leave us a bit exposed Mm. exposed that midfield
2: yeah Sebo saying if we win on Saturday uh, I will try not to get too carried away if we lose I will try not to get too down or panicky either uh, because we have 12 games left to get as many points as possible that's uh, the the Alan Kerbisley mantra never get too high never get uh, too low right Doogies uh, says I keep hearing that the Luton game is a must win game I think personally it's a must not lose game four more wins will do it to keep us up and no need to panic Uh, plenty of opportunities to pick up the points I can see points against Middlesbrough, uh, Luton, Huddersfield, Sheffield, Wednesday and Hull uh, without looking too far ahead. Plenty of time. Let's not get all anxious against Luton. Uh, they've always been a bogey side of ours in recent times though. Uh, keep the faith, back the team and enjoy what's coming uh, in the years ahead. Great show guys uh, by the way. Come on you Reds. That's from uh, Doogie. Yeah, that's that's what's keeping me afloat. I think we we probably only need what three wins, four wins, 47 points Bo's talking about and even then, I mean that's only 11 points isn't it from where we are now. So it's certainly, it's certainly uh, doable, and that's why I'm, I'm the same as Doogie there. I'm not going to uh, panic too soon. Right, we've also got an email. This is a good one that's coming from uh, Oliver, or Oli Martin. It uh, says, hi, Louis and the team. My name is Oli. I'm a long-time listener. I've never messaged in before, though. Uh, would really appreciate if you could read out my message tonight. Um, so he goes, I was at the Luton away game in November uh, when my wife went into labour three weeks early. So I saw John Necko's goal and the Luton equaliser, but got the call on around 25 minutes and rushed off to hospital. Why well, I she paid you for the match ticket because... Fuming. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. He didn't miss much, to be fair, <laughs> for the rest of the game. <laughs> uh, our little boy Albie was born at 2am the following morning. Oh, two am the following morning You could, could have stayed could for the have whole second half yeah. Uh, but Alby great name as well and, uh, and, and is now 12 weeks old uh, so I haven't been getting to many games recently as I've been helping out at home uh, but I do have a free pass to come to the game on Saturday excellent stuff uh, we had an ok 11 out at the away game but we fielded only 6 subs with the likes of Davison and Vennings on the bench and Morgan in midfield so Luton have certainly not seen our strongest team yet we initially looked ok on the break that day and got a goal that way through Leco. but Luton soon learned we were vulnerable when pressed and we started to look weak defensively like we often did uh, during the injury crisis I was with my Luton supporting mate at the away game and going again with him this weekend just hoping for a more complete first team squad available uh, we can get the win and open up more of a gap to the bottom three keeps going on about two straight wins and two straight clean sheets for Luton so I'm keen to shut him up uh, this weekend hoping we drop the back five at home and go for the diamond or even a 4-3-3 with uh, with green McGeady Flanking Taylor, uh, if we do so and play the positive, quick attacking football, I know we can. My prediction is a three-one win for Charlton. In Boya and Jacko, we trust. Come on, you Reds! And that's from Ollie. Well, great that he's got the pass to the game. Um, clear I mean, a lot of people talking about going for it, attacking football, and I, I, you do wonder, like I said earlier, with that vulnerability at the back from Luton Town. Supposed. I mean, obviously, they've kept those those two clean sheets. I mean, that is something you'd hope that we'd be able to try and exploit. I mean, we've got our own problems at the back, as, as we know, but mm. y- you'd hope that we, if we can go for it and really put them under, un- under the cosh in the opening stages.
3: It'd be nice, yeah. And I said that first 10 minutes, I think, are vital. And I think it was Bowyer himself that said that first goal is going to be important as well. Um, so you don't want to leave yourself too exposed. But I think you're right. If we can... You know, it'd be great to just see a Charlton team just go for it. Kind of like we did against Nottingham Forest. I know we only scored the once, but just to see us just go at a team instead. And and if you start the game nervous, as uh, both of us said earlier, then you leave yourself open to a sloppy goal like we conceded against Blackburn. And then, as I said on Sunday's show, I don't think we're a team that finds it that easy to then get back into games. So... Yeah, he makes a good point there about the, the side that we're, we had to put out in November and obviously that was in the mid, middle of the injury crisis, I think just before the takeover was initially announced as well, isn't it? So um, yeah, it wasn't probably our, our best game, but we've got a, a much stronger squad now and, and we're at home and our record here remains pretty good. Um, but yeah, I agree with, with a lot of what he said. I think for me it's just about starting quickly and trying to get that early goal. Which we haven't seen a lot in recent weeks.
2: Right, quick break here on Charlton Live in a minute. We're going to hear from Simon, the Luton Town commentator, who's going to let us know uh, what we can expect from the Hatters. uh, And afterwards, we're going to hear from Rob Harris, the chair of the Proud Valiants. And it's going to break for Vettor Kaylee again in the air. Cross ball to Taylor! It's free one! and
1: Charlton are running away with it here at the Valley
2: Charlton line. Mm, fond memories from last season's home game against Luton Town when we beat them by three goals to one, uh, ended their 28 game unbeaten run so they'll be out for a little bit of revenge when they come to the, the Valley on Saturday, right, uh, during the week uh, I spoke to Simon, so Luton Town a commentator, we've had him on the show before last season a couple of times uh, so I got a hold of him again just to find out what he's made of uh, of Luton's season so far and the uh, the Luton commentator told me that he's very pleased to see uh, with a couple of good results in the last couple of games that they're starting to make a fist of it and they've given themselves as good a chance as anyone else to stay up in the championship
7: yeah thankfully um, we're getting the results that the performances deserve you know we've been knocking on the door a couple of times in games and you sort of come away disappointed that we haven't got something but yeah certainly the last two games 1-0 victories over Sheffield Wednesday Middlesbrough, two clean sheets, which is uh, remarkable as well. So, yeah, all of a sudden, um, those that weren't optimistic are starting to feel
2: positive mm-hmm. again. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure I, I'm, I'm not admitting anything too much here, but I probably wrote you guys off a, a little while ago. Was there, was there many within the fan base who thought there, there didn't seem to be much chance until the last few weeks of staying up?
7: Yeah, I think it's fair everybody's got an opinion, haven't they, with fans and you can have the same discussion with different people and get different answers to how people are feeling. I think the key thing is you, you speak there about writing a club off. I think if you go back uh, a few months, people were writing off Barnsley and Stoke and you know they both had a run that pulled themselves out and Barnsley are obviously dropped back in it again now. Stoke are only three points from safety. So as I've said to people, we've just got to time our run this season at the perfect time, which is towards the end of the season.
2: Mm. What what do you think has been the change over the the last few weeks then?
7: It's difficult to say really. I don't think it comes down to one specific thing. I mean, we have had um, a a better squad to choose from as far as injuries and availability. Izzy Brown's come back in, Glenn Ray's come back in and has been superb in that defensive midfield role. Um, But I think, as I said just now, it's also a case that the performances, we've got the results that the performances have deserved as well. There's been one or two other games where we've just missed out or we've just missed a chance that would have given us something or we've conceded a late goal that's cost us points, which, of course, every club does. But, you know, it's, I don't think it's one thing that has, has suddenly turned. I think it's just things have built up to the point where, you know, we are getting the results, we're putting in the performances and we thoroughly deserved a victory at Middlesbrough on Saturday. You know, we restricted a home side to not a single shot on target. So... Um, you know it's great to get consecutive clean sheets there's still a long way to go you know we're not preempting anything of course but uh, you know the last few weeks we've seen some promising signs that uh, we're here to battle and here to get ourselves out of
2: it. Yeah because I mean keeping clean sheets in particular seems to have been a, a problem so far and have conceded so many goals what do you think uh, has been the catalyst for, for at least keeping them out of the back in the last couple of weeks?
7: Uh, uh, so Glenn Ray's coming in is, is one of them. That defensive midfield role, I mean, really has performed superbly well. Glenn since coming in, um, you know, impressed with him. albeit he didn't start on Saturday, but he came off the bench to to fill that position. Um, he's been involved. I think um, we've strengthened the defence with Cameron Carter-Vickers coming in. It means we've got strength at the back across the positions now. Um, and you know, I think everything just it, things have happened all at the right time. Um, You know, we were unlucky to concede against Cardiff at home and then we've kept two clean sheets in a row since that. So it's just getting to that point of the season where I think we've settled the side um, and, you know, we're putting in the performances and the defence is looking solid. The keeper's making some great saves. You know, everybody's fully aware of his million-pound move in the summer and one or two games perhaps not going his way and the errors that highlighted, but um, certainly been impressed with some of his performances
2: of late. Mm. So talk to us as well about the, the manager, Graham Jones, of course. He had pretty uh, big boots to fill when he came in in, in the summer, effectively taking over from uh, Mick Harford and after the Nathan Jones uh, regime as well that got Luton promoted to the Championship. How, how do you feel he's done?
7: Yeah, it's certainly very different, Um, you know, manager of Graham Jones' experience at the highest level, you know, World Cups with uh, Belgium and assistant manager at West Brom, obviously, Championship Experience, worked with um, Martinez at Everton as well. So he's got real experience behind him, which when you compare it to managers that we've had, everybody's a very different character and a very different personality. And talking to some friends the other day about him coming in when you've had the likes of the legend as Mick Harford, as you've mentioned, the passion of Nathan Jones' Um, that was obvious to the fans, and of course, um, the uh, the character that John Steele was prior to him. Um, so yeah, it, it is big boots to fill in the last few managers that we've had at Luton Town. But you know, Graham settled into it. He's um, you know he's kept the, the way things working that he wants, and some of the players have openly come out and said, you know, what a great coach he is to them, and how much they enjoy working with him. Um, with all due respect, to obviously, the, the people they've worked with in the past. So you know, it's it's just taken us time to settle. We've, You know, we had a couple of games early point of the championship. We thought, you know what, we're in this. Then we had a bad run, as did Charlton, you know, midway through and then, you know, we've picked up of late and hopefully we can just keep a bit of momentum going now.
2: Yeah, so looking ahead to the, the massive game at the Valley on Saturday, how do you see it going? Where do you think it'll be won and lost? say you just don't know with the two teams at the moment, do you? I
7: mean, you know, we've kept two clean sheets in a row and that's two out of the three that we've kept all season. So uh, it'd be great if we could uh, keep another clean sheet. We don't score many away from home. Um, we haven't picked up a single draw away from home all season. Um, just three wins and, uh, you
0: know, 14 defeats that we'd rather forget. Um,
7: you know, looking at Charlton, obviously at the moment, six points ahead of us after you had a, a great start to the season. So, I think there's plenty to play for. Um, You know, it was a narrow win when you were at Kenilworth Road back in November, Um, but I think on the night, I think overall we probably deserved that. You know, we were grateful um, to get the three points after disappointment against Leeds the Saturday before. Um, This time we're going into the game with some good confidence behind us. So, it'll be interesting. I think, you know, it'll be a tight game. I think, you know, when you look at the bottom six, the three sides that got promoted are all there. It shows how tough the championship is and, how nothing will be taken for granted. There's been some very surprising results, top and bottom of late. Um, so uh, I think, you know, I'm looking forward to a good game. And, you know, of course, I'm hoping that Luton come away with something.
2: Uh, there we go. So uh, that was uh, Simon there, the Luton Town uh, commentator, letting us know what to expect from Graham Jones's side. I mean, as I sort of said at the top top of the show there, uh, Tom, I was sort of, um, you know, I'd written off Luton, but I mean, by the sounds of what Simon's saying, they they probably, they feel like they've deserved a bit more from from some of the performances they've put in. They've got a couple of clean sheets and a couple of 1-0 wins in the last two outings as well. So it's it's important that we don't underestimate them. I mean, easy to forget, they beat us earlier on in the yeah. season as
3: well. I was going to say, and I think that in itself is warning enough to know not to underestimate them. Obviously, he's seen them a lot more than I have. Um But just judging by the results, I think it looks like they've obviously struggled this year and that's why they're where they are. But their recent run is okay. As I said earlier in the show, any team in this league can beat anyone. They're on a nice little run. Um, And as I said earlier, he's seen them far more than me and he seems to think that maybe they could have got a little bit more. So... Yeah, it's definitely not going to be an easy game by any stretch. I just think it's one of those games that if you want to stay in this division, you have to target, especially those bottom three sides, obviously, and say, well, they're the teams we should be beating. And as Nafe said right at the top of the show, if we can go at them and and play our football, then there's absolutely no reason we can't beat them. But we also have to give them a a bit of respect. You know, Mm -hmm. we can't go out there and just assume we're going to win. And Boyer said it the other week. He said, "You've got to work hard for every single point you get in this division, and it's going to be no different on Saturday."
2: Yeah, Cameron Carter-Vickers um, joined online from Spurs recently. Mentioned by Simon, it seems to be a player you had uh, some interest in there. Nathan um, started his career at Catholic United. Uh, <laughs> tidy little outfit. Yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, I mean, what, what sort of player is he? Because uh, beast. You seen impressed, but yeah, he He's a big defender. Yeah, he's
4: big, big, big unit from Spurs um it explains i didn't know um to be fair i didn't actually know that Adam, so it explains why he's come in and he's obviously shored it up a little bit because they had the two of what was it so- um sunny bradley and it was the other one part pearson isn't it so they usually have there so um to sort of get those two out the side who's been they've been stalwarts there really um but yeah, he's a big big unit be dangerous set pieces um so i'd imagine he's the one who's probably going to stick on Lyle. um that's why I think if it's important to because he he's an old school centre back he's okay on the ball but he won't like going in the channel so if they try and drag him out he ain't going to be comfortable there um, that's why I think Green and Lyle's going to be good but yeah it's going to be it's going to be a difficult game and like Tom said we got given the respect it's not like we're sitting at first unbeaten in twenty games you know we're down there as well and you know like I know it's cliche but you you finish where you deserve to be in my opinion mm. we we need to win.
2: Right, uh Saturday's game has been designated for as this season's football uh, versus homophobia match day here uh, at the Valley. I think it's the uh the fourth year that they've they've uh, decided to to do this. Um so to uh Explain a little bit more about what's going to happen. It includes Nathan actually on mm. on uh, Saturday. You're going to do something at half time. But um, mm. I spoke to Rob Harris, who is the chair uh, of the Proud Valiance, the Charlton Athletic LGBT uh, supporters group. Uh, so with the game dedicated to football versus homophobia on Saturday, I asked Rob uh, what they've got planned uh, for the weekend.
1: Yeah, and um, this Saturday is probably going to be the biggest. Uh, sort of event we've had at Charlton so far. Um, Pre-match, we have um, uh, a number of trophy presentations that either the Pride Valiants or Charlton Victor have picked up over the last 12 months. Uh, We've also got a special Pride of the Valley presentation. Uh, And then uh, we'll have the Pink Singers, uh, which is basically the UK's uh, longest... LGBT choir, uh, and they're going to be singing a couple of uh, rousing anthems and then uh, also a special Charlton favourite. So there's a little plan pre match. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, so in the interval, there's a uh, special uh, penalty kick out event happening where uh, everybody that took the place in Last year's football versus homophobia tournament will be one representative from each team will be involved in that, and then post uh, match we've got a reception where we'll have speakers from the EFL, the FA, uh, someone from football versus homophobia, someone from the local council.
2: Well, that sounds like a, a, a lot planned, and it sounds like it is going to be a great day. I mean, obviously the, the the proud valiance have been going on for for five years now, so. Um, How how do you feel that the the group has progressed in that time as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, like a lot of Charlton fans over the last few years, it's been a difficult period. Um, A lot of fans haven't necessarily engaged as much as we would like. They've come to away matches. They weren't quite, you know, so keen to come to home matches. Um, But we have seen, since... Toward the end of last year, when the rumours became quite strong about change of ownership and everything, you know, we've had a, a much bigger uh, sort of attendance to events, uh, a lot more uh, people actually come into, we do pre meetups before every home game, and they have become busier and busier, so, you know, although we've, you know... Uh, As far as the membership goes, it's been very strong. A lot of that has been going to away matches. uh, And now it's really started to hit back. And the increase in membership we've had uh, in the last couple of weeks has been tremendous. So, um, you know, and to be honest with you, the work work that we've done with the club and the trust and, you know, uh, recently, you know, we've been working very closely with uh, Charlton Victor, you know, is, you know, unbelievable. Um, we are definitely the most active club in the leagues um, and, you know, I have to say the awards have been great, um, but the fact that, you know, there is an issue that homophobia is definitely on the rise again um, in society and, because football obviously represents society in football. I mean, there's a case in Manchester recently where uh, an LGBT uh, football team uh, received an absolute barrage of homophobia. There was the case uh, earlier this week, uh, if you saw the Chelsea match, that you could hear the away fans shouting out about Chelsea for even You know, things like that are definitely on the rise. Um, and that's why... Groups like Pro Valiance are needed, up happen in, in the country. Uh, there's now 53, 54, I believe, LGBT uh, fan groups uh, connected to clubs. Um, you know, and um, it now seems that the tournament, which we do every May and we'll be doing again this May, the Pride Festival, even the Global versus Homophobia event, that all seems to tick along quite nicely now. We've done it for five years. We know what we're doing. But uh, what's, you know, always been the most important to us has been our members and, you know, working with new members, with young members, with members uh, who, you know, are coming back to football for the first time or trans members who are, you know, uh, feeling that they're more accepted in clubs and, you know, although
2: there's a long way to go. Um, you know, things are really changing. So there we go, Rob Harris from the, uh, the the chair of the Proud Valiants. So the fifth year that the Proud Valiants have been running. Um, it's gone from strength to strength, really. if You, you, you can imagine. Um, it's probably not an easy thing to set up a group like that at Charlton. Somewhere, you know, other clubs have had them in, in the past now. I know the, the one at Spurs is very successful. But Charlton have, do a lot with the lgbt community and it's i mean it's all about i mean there's there's all sorts of various different days you have at the value, but basically the 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 whole story of everything that charlton do throughout the year is to say that this place is welcome to everyone and that's a message i'm sure that everyone can get on board with
3: yeah uh all about the the inclusivity and the the work the trust does across all all areas is absolutely fantastic and this is just another one of them um and yeah you're right it's grown over the last few years obviously been lucky enough to be involved in some of the tournaments that they run in the summer as well which is obviously just a great experience but the the messages that go across all of that is as you're right it's it's bringing everyone to football and everyone being able to feel they can come to football and feel safe at football and and be who they are um and so that's what this day will all be about it's the same as a lot of the other initiatives that are run as well and yeah I think it's great um and you know as you just said there if any club's going to be able to do it with the work that the trust do it it's no surprise that we're kind of up there and and one of the kind of key drivers of of an initiative like this so mm.
2: yeah and of course i mean nathan you've, you've been mm. very
3: much involved with um the invicta side yeah. of,
2: over the course of the years and uh, as, as i mentioned just before we heard from rob there you've you, you've got a starring role on saturday so um the the football versus homophobia tournament that we did i mean we did it the day after the playoff final last yeah. year so i was so hung over it was an absolute disgrace not that i'd be much better if i wasn't but um <laughs> they, they've they're getting a the representative of every team Uh, who will be taking part in that you'll be representing the journalists uh, on the pitch at half time what have you got to do then I think I don't know. I mean, how have you qualified as a journalist? Well, by the way, but to be fair, yeah. <laughs> how did, how did, how did how does any of us? I don't
4: really, know how I qualify as a football fan. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So obviously, been asked to um, by the club to, to represent the journal team, which is an absolute privilege. I like to thank my mum and dad and all that. Uh, but no, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I, all I know us. is going to be like something like soccer. M. I don't know if they're going to bounce the ball off this the bouncy thing, and then I got to do a volley. Trust me, it's going to be hilarious because I ain't kicked a ball since that t- tournament. So it's going to be <laughs> absolute scenes. But in terms of Victor, in Victor, yeah. Um, um, obviously Gary, Sam and Colin and as well as you know, Robert and the Trust have done amazing things for them and um, they're going strength to strength and they've won a couple of awards and they're doing really great so it's really good to see.
2: Yeah, well if you need to get in contact with the Proud Balancer are on Twitter CAFC underscore PV um, you know, feel free to, to, to join up if, if, if that's something you, you'd be interested in um, or, or you know, tweet me as well and I can let you know how to get in contact with the guys and the gals if that's what you'd like. Right, so we've got a couple of minutes left I mean, we'll, we'll do the predictions very shortly um, but, I mean, l- let's let's say it now. If we lose on Saturday, it's not the end of the world. If we win on Saturday, we're not safe. So, keep things in perspective. But, I mean, it's a massive game, Tom.
3: Yeah, but as you said earlier, it's the Kerbishley the motto. Don't get too high, don't get too down. Um, just see what happens, I guess. It is a big game. But, as you said, if we lose, it's not the end of the world. Um, and I think it's a game that we should should be thinking we can get something from. Mm, well, um,
2: let's have that prediction then. First up, Tom.
3: 3-1 Charlton.
2: Lovely. Well, a repeat of last season. Nave.
4: 2-1. I was going to <laughs> say 0-0 just the wind drop, I say 5-0, but it's not worked. Yeah, yeah. 2-1 I we're going to I reckon it'll be similar to Barnes. I think we'll go 2-0 up and then have a half hour. No stuff out no.
2: excellent stuff well as long as we get the three points I don't care uh, how they come any which way uh, we would do very nicely with three uh, points on Saturday right we've come to the end of uh, this evening's big match preview uh, thank you for listening don't forget we'll be back here on Sunday evening to look back at whatever happens against uh, Luton Town uh, fingers crossed it'll be those three points that we're so desperate for thank you to Tom and Nathan for coming in much Cheers love you, uh, as I say thanks for listening to this evening's show I'm uh, Louis Mendes I hope you've enjoyed it. I look forward to speaking to you again on Sunday evening where hopefully we'll have three points in the back pocket we shall see you later